Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Richard on, who is an MD at an integrated marketing company. Hi, Richard. Hi, Daniel. How are we today? Very well, thank you very much. Yeah, very good here. Yeah, so glad it's nearly the weekend, eh? Yeah, it's my birthday next week, so I'm looking forward to a nice week off. <laughs> oh, lovely. Any uh, any nice plans? Um, it looks as though we'll be able to actually go outside and, uh, and enjoy a nice uh, pub lunch uh, uh, outside and hopefully the weather will hold up for it. Yeah, lovely. Um, Richard, do you want to jump straight in then? Let's let's talk about what you actually do. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Richard Boone. Uh, I'm managing director at an integrated marketing agency uh, called Webmart. And we've, we've um, been running 25 years and I've worked at Webmart for 15 of those years. Um, and so it's my job to, to lead the business across all of the departments um, and also ensure that we deliver integrated marketing solutions. And that is, um, you know, whether that's physical or digital marketing communications um, around different brands in retail uh, and um, charity and also around government bodies as well uh, to deliver on their marketing needs. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do. So how did this all start then? What, was there a love for marketing or was it, was it found through university or school or, or what happened? So I have quite a unique twist to uh, my, my career at Webmart. Um, so originally it was born out of um, uh, finishing up at secondary school and um, I had, an opportunity to uh, take uh, one of the things I've been working on at school and, and pitch it at a mini Dragon's Den event. Um, so I, I basically applied for this uh, scheme that was based around sort of um, county councils coming together uh, with various government schemes and they put on uh, a Dragon's Den with Peter Jones and, and Simon who I work for at the moment with various investors and um, yeah I had to I had to pitch a, a business idea from school basically. So oh, cool. Yeah, so it was it was a bit um, bit of a strange twist, um, and obviously I was deciding to go to university at the time, um, and I, I pitched the idea, and I I was successfully picked at the uh, pitch to be able to meet up with the investors afterwards, and in doing so, um, had a good opportunity to to get an interview working as a bit of a sort of um, apprentice uh, for for one of the, the investors, Simon. And um, that was the path that sort of got me into, I, I like the look of the marketing agency and decided it was for me. Wow. So you didn't really have sort of a, a knowledge of marketing before this. It was just something that had happened and you thought, I'm going to have a go at this. Well, I had some experience. I would say what really helped influence me is I'd had a couple of work experiences, um, you know, between the ages of sort of uh, 14 and, and 18. I'd, I'd done a little bit of work experience around Oxfordshire um, uh, with, with various departments and, and I'd got a flavour for kind of what, what marketing departments stood for and I felt like it might be a good fit for the type of person that I was really with creative ideas and um, I, like the, I like the feel of the industry um, so, so yeah I was kind of lucky that I had you know managed to, to meet um, someone that owned a, a marketing agency uh, quite early on. Yeah so marketing's evolved obviously massively over the last few years. Um, how has that affected what you do day to day in the business? Yeah, so we've had a massive transition, really. I mean, um, to give you a bit of a flavour. So when I first started, um, I was part of a uh, retail marketing team. And so my job was working with um, high street retailers. The high street was very 
you know, a predominant um, area of revenue for the business. And, um, you know, online and e-commerce was sort of, you know, founded, but it was still quite early days and, and people were making their migration to that for businesses. And so I was opening up new stores. I was working with a lot of uh, computer games companies, gaming retailers um, and popular uh, video uh, rental stores and things like that. So obviously the high street was a, was a huge part of what, um, you know, I would do day to day. And it was, um, you know, something that's evolved over time now to where we are today, where we're dealing with, you know, a, a broad mix of um, some high street retailers um, and uh, probably a bigger mix now of, of large e-commerce uh, online brands, you know, that are able to, you know, sell a huge amount of products and range of products um, and deliver them to your door. And, and you know, that, that concept 15 years ago was still quite early. Um, mm. So that's the biggest transition that I've seen. And, and you know, day to day, um, obviously that's had quite an impact on, on the evolution of the company. Uh, you know, I've seen it, seen it from um, coming from uh, sort of this sort of broker kind of model um, of where we would help clients source their needs to today, where it's, you know, we're, we're almost part of their marketing team and we, we help facilitate um, the needs that are put on a marketing team to to you know work across a broad mix of marketing channels. You know the the variety that exists now online and offline. There's just so many disciplines to learn. Uh, you can't be a master of everything. So mm. you know, that's why we exist, really. So in the world of marketing and, and advertising, it kind of all gets bunched together in, in most people's heads. Yeah. It's incredibly competitive, isn't it? There are literally thousands and thousands of agencies across the UK. Um, how does one differentiate from the other, really? Yeah, it's a really interesting um, question, actually, because, you know, there's, uh, there's been a big shift in the size and shape of uh, agencies based on sort of talent. Um, and, you know, in a sort of pre-COVID world, there was a big shift to people wanting to, to, to split from big agencies and, and sort of become, um, you know, digital nomads and, and you know, off, offer their skill set and their talents uh, from their laptop, from anywhere, in, you know, on their own as a freelancer or maybe, you know, collaborating to make a small agency. So a lot of the sort of um, transition we've seen is from, you know, large agencies breaking down into specialisms, breaking down into... Um, making it more accessible for people to service uh, a variety of sizes of clients from smaller teams. Um, there's seen a, we've seen a huge amount of automation um, where we've seen something that might be, you know, a dark art almost and, and, and extremely profitable um, over a period of, say, two, three years, um, all of a sudden uh, dry up and become quite commoditized with mm. much smaller um, agencies uh, having access to similar powerful tools that are automated to, to compete with larger agencies. So we've seen a lot of that. And, and we've also seen a lot of in-housing where uh, brands have brought uh, expertise in-house, you know, where rather than outsource to an agency, they've sort of brought a lot of that talent into their own um, marketing team so that they can access it on tap. Um, so yeah, it, it, it does, it, it is a very competitive environment. Um, it tends to sort of um, fluctuate, you know, between in-house and, and, and outsourcing quite heavily um, bet between um, the industry. Um, and to differentiate, yeah, I mean, probably some of the biggest differentiators. I mean, we've been we're, we're 25 years old, right? So we've been long-standing through uh, recessions and all sorts, and we've mm. seen that, that evolution. Um, I would say, you know, from our perspective and from my perspective, we, we we've 
um, been able to sort of be agile and go with the times. Um, we've been able to adapt the uh, the message and the the way that we work with customers to be um, reasonably bespoke. And, and we, we, you know, we've not had huge retainers. We've not had quite a rigid structure. So as they've required more or less of us, we've been able to sort of um, adjust it up and down on demand. Mm. Uh, and you know, being flexible with the staff that we've got to offer that means that. Um, you know, the variety of customers that we've got, we're offering sometimes a full service to one customer, whereas there's other customers that have only got specialist requirements and therefore we only turn on that talent in, in that area. Sure. Um, so that that's kind of, I would say, how we've kind of weathered it. But in the industry, yeah, there's a, there's a huge um, variety of disciplines and each of those have their own specialists as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it takes a little while to figure out what fits for you. And, and culturally, there's you have to get the right fit. Mm. You know, you're going to work closely day to day, sometimes many hours a day with, with the same people. You've got to make sure you get that cultural fit and you've got to get you've got to make sure that you've got an agency that really understands where to take your, uh, you know, your brand, basically. So that's quite important, too. Is it fair to say, like you, you mentioned over the last few years, a lot of the bigger agencies, people have left and started smaller agencies, medium-sized agencies, and now there's thousands of them. So is it fair to say that it's not necessarily an incredibly secure career if you're working in the small to medium-sized businesses? Because if they lose a big account, then that's a lot of revenue to that kind of size business. Yeah, I think that's a fair observation for most of the industry. I think, I mean, we've been quite unique in the sense that we've kept cash in the bank and that we've built a model that's quite sustainable. Um, I think there has been some, um, you know, agencies that are set up that uh, have sort of all their eggs in one basket and that makes it quite risky. Mm. Uh, and if they don't diversify as well or, um, you know, expect that that customer's always going to want the same thing from them without adapting and stretching, then, of course, yeah, it's, it, it is risky. It's quite a lucrative industry. Um, you know, if, if you get it right, there's there's obviously huge marketing budgets that are being spent. Um, but if you don't adapt and, and, and sort of follow the needs of the customer and you only offer one thing, then of course that puts you high, highly at risk. And then you tend to see, um, yeah, this kind of um, dissipation of people sort of, um, you know, breaking off and creating their own ways to, to find um, ways to sell their unique skill set and talents. So, um, it can it can probably feel quite unsecure for some people. Um, it really depends on the model of the agency that they've set up and how they source their revenue. Um, you know, do they have a strong way to secure new customers or do they have a way to retain customers because customers are really happy to keep working with them over a long period of time? Mm, uh, mm. So, yeah, I would agree with that. So your your journey from, you know, starting out in kind of, you know, an apprentice role to now being MD, how did that come about? What What's the journey to get from, from apprentice to MD? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I mean, 15 years this year. So it's it's seen me move kind of from um, maybe maybe something I learned quite early on, which was this sort of opportunity to, to try my hand at a few departments. And I found my home in, in the customer service um, key accounts team quite early within the first six months. And um, off the back of solving a few problems for customers, that, that put me in a good place to, 
you know, firstly gel with the team around me because they were um, struggling at the time with a few challenges on the account and, and I made those go away. Um, and then obviously I was able to then build some rapport with the, with the customer and uh, become, you know, to, to, to progress my career over, you know, three or four years. And then I kind of, from that point, sort of made my way into more sort of um, mature account management where I was looking after my own um, portfolio of accounts some of them I sort of generated out of, um, you know, getting recognized and referred, um, you know, working with the same people. In marketing, people tend, you know, just talked about, you know, the, maybe the agency side, within marketing as well on the client side, there's a lot of people that move around between jobs. Mm. And that's a great way to progress your career. Um, you know, I've obviously done the opposite to that and, and stayed, stayed and been able to get that variety within the business. But as people sort of move around, you're able to continue those relationships at new companies. So, um, so I kind of matured into this uh, um, account manager and then account director where I could manage a team. We would look after these variety of relationships I built over, you know, my time of delivering on what they needed. And um, yeah, and then obviously, you know, you get to a point of where, um, you know, I, I moved over to the sales and marketing side. I, I really liked doing the marketing part of the job. So I wanted to build that into uh, the role and kind of help the business find more customers that would fit the culture and um, and then after a very successful year of doing that and um, pushing some new ideas to kind of change and evolve the business to to a more integrated marketing approach um, you know with the vision of kind of where marketing was going um, I, I kind of future-proofed um, the, the the business to acquire more companies that believed in it you know clients mm. and uh, off the back of that um, you know I was able to sort of negotiate a role around uh, managing director which gave me the opportunity to to make sure the whole business had this same approach uh consistently from end to end and uh thankfully that's that's worked out really well especially through some really difficult times as well mm. so it's fair to say then it sounds like it can be quite a good space for somebody who's quite entrepreneurial and likes to make change and and push the industry forward totally yeah i think if you're creative or you like innovation, you like new ideas, you like change. I think marketing can, can really tick that box. And I think, um, you know, the progressions come through a mixture of being in, you know, the right place at the right time, but also creating my own luck as well. And I think applying yourself, if you're very entrepreneurial, um, that can get you quite far uh, in marketing because it's quite a, a varied discipline. You know, you're talking about sales, you're talking about everything from the psychology of purchasing through to uh, numbers and data. You're talking about creative. Uh, you're talking about uh, budgets, spreadsheets, graphs. You know, it, it really pulls upon many different disciplines. And, um, you know, so you kind of find yourself, um, I would say I'm probably a 50-50. I'm sort of part creative, part sort of lateral kind of data-driven-y um, focused so I, I kind of have the sort of hovis best of both is the way I look at it but, <laughs> um, but you do tend to find people tend to have you know they play to a strength and, and um, you know you get really you know uber creative ultra creative people you get really data driven um, people and then you also get some very commercially driven people as well so I would say if you're an entrepreneur you tend to have a mixture of those and I would say that works really well for progressing fast. Mm. we had a uh, digital marketing guy on um quite a few weeks back now and we were just talking about like you say the 
absolute variety there is now in marketing um, yeah. and also the importance now of data which you just mentioned um, mm. how much have you seen clients kind of start saying okay well can you show us not proof but can you show us something that we can look at and go okay it is working because i think marketing back in the day it was there was a famous quote or something that somebody said oh, i i know i'm wasting 50 percent of my marketing budget i just don't know which 50 percent but now with the advent of data you can kind of show things to clients right yeah <clears throat> attribution that's the big the big yes. work that we 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 constantly I probably have it numerous times a day um and and i think it's 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 a fair point um I always look at it and think you've got sort of quantitative information and qualitative information and some of it you can put a number to and some of it you can feel. And, you know, that goes back to that 50 percent you know, piece. And, and I, I think, you know, all I would say on, on, on that point is that there are, you know, a, a huge variety of disciplines and channels coming together. You know, the, the future of marketing, from my perspective, is, is that blend, that perfect blend of digital and physical and utilizing your budget in a way that has a seamless experience for a consumer that doesn't pester them it's not intrusive it's timely it's relevant and um you know from my perspective i think that from from an attribution perspective i think it's it's come a long way you know the data that's available now to even physical marketing um uh, it, it allows us to get a window of um, how people interact with marketing and it's very difficult to put um, attribution in, in, in one pot, you know, to try and say that was specifically the only thing that made that person make a purchase. I think there's also a saying around different industries uh, see different numbers of contacts with a consumer before they make a purchase. You know, it might be six or seven touch points before they reach a decision. And uh, that varies, obviously it's an average, but I think, the way to look at marketing is you need to use a, a blend. And um, mm. I think, you know, from my perspective, you know, we've come from an industry where, um, you know, back when I first started the company where we would, we would sell one thing, right. And we've had to diversify. And um, the more agnostic we've become, the better the conversation we've had with clients. Mm. And the reason for that is because as soon as you start leaning on one discipline, um, yes, you can become a specialist, but actually marketing tends to work better when you combine it. It tends to prime different channels. So for example, if you are doing a TV advert, if you land a door drop around the same time, it actually boosts the response of both. So it's kind of rather than look at it in isolation and say, you know, we're spending all our money on TV. Um, you can make that work harder. And the same, you know, the same conversation I have with online as well, you know, you probably had it with your digital marketeer they'll only, you know, they'll tend to only talk digital, but they don't realize that maybe, um, you know, we've, we've got evidence to suggest that if you combine it with a few other channels, we can actually drive more people online, which makes digital look really good. So yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting. And I, I think the, you know, maybe to make another point here, I mean, one thing I've seen is that um, people tend to turn things off quite quickly. And obviously they make a decision and turn it off and then tend to come back to it two years later and wonder why the performance dropped elsewhere. Mm. Uh, I noticed it particularly with charity. Um, there is an issue with cost with attribution. You know, you want to make sure you get return on investment. Um, and so someone sometimes wants to mix things up and they turn something off and that can have a massive effect um, elsewhere. 
um, and then you'll soon scramble in to sort of reignite something. So for me, I like to think that you 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 uh, you look at it like dials, right? And you want to get the right mixture, a bit like if you were looking at a soundboard, maybe, and you're trying to get the the treble and the bass in the right you know mixture for listening to music. I look at marketing the same way, and I think it's uh, it's good to get a good balance across across the whole mix. So somebody listening to this that wants to go into marketing, it's quite uh, bewildering, I guess, because there's so many different avenues they can go down. Where, from your point of view, should somebody start out? Um, where's the best place to start with with this whole career? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's several ways, actually. I think the there is an underused route, which is the apprenticeship work experience and getting on the radar quite early route, which is kind of, you know, not too dissimilar to what I did really. Um, uh, at the moment, it's a really good time to, um, to utilize government grants and, and apprenticeship schemes, traineeships as well. And a lot of uh, companies will be looking for fresh talent that understands, you know, a more digitally native uh, talent. Um, and, and that tends to be from the education that's coming out of people coming out of school and, and college at the moment. So I think there's a, there, there's a great route down there. It gets you in uh, with some experience on your CV uh, and also it allows a company to get a feel for the type of work that you can support them with. Um, that exposure is, is great and, and obviously would, I think, lead to um, whether it's the right industry for you uh, maybe it's not the right brand and I think trying to get that right you know I've been extremely fortunate I'm quite happy with the the company that I landed with um, but I think for a marketeer to experience you know two or three brands quite early on means that they get to see a flavor of different skill sets and, and different approaches to marketing quite early I think um, the the second route is um, obviously if you you go through university that that isn't to say that you can't um, get a degree and, and move into marketing and, and one of the points I think that probably comes up a lot is um, you know I would say that the, there's a lot of research to show that marketing um, not a huge amount of people have a qualification in marketing mm. and that doesn't mean to say they don't go on and learn it on the job or get further education later in their career um, or experience through, do, through, through doing it um, but uh, you tend to see a lot of people that have, um, you know, a, a degree in maybe geography or history or English or various other degrees that end up um, falling in love with marketing for creative reasons or, you know, they're drawn to the brand or the excitement that comes with, you know, some, some of the benefits of marketing. And um, so I would say, you know, you do have an advantage coming out of university with a marketing degree. A lot of people go back and, and, and you know, retrofit it later on in their career. Um, and I would heavily advise it as well, because I think a lot of people learn to do their job and they don't get that further education. And, you know, that leads to the um, that attribution question again of, you know, understanding what method to use, you know, which tool in the toolbox to use at what time. So, um, so I'm a big, big advocate for people um, you know, getting a formal qualification, but I think you can bring new skills to the industry because it is so varied. Mm. So loads of our guests that we've had on have talked about the um, accessibility the internet and social media is giving people when applying for jobs. So we've had people on that um, just loved history, right? And they created YouTube videos and they did sort of volunteering um, for, for different historical uh, companies and whatnot. And they 
they showcase this as content on their social media and it's landed them jobs and not just in history in loads of different subjects is that something that would appeal to you if a, a candidate come on came in and said hey look i've done all this stuff within marketing i've built a, a social media presence on linkedin or instagram or something like that absolutely the beauty of um, that is that you're demonstrating skills that an employer is quite clearly going to want to explore as well and i think that um yeah certainly things like social media is a great way to be able to um demonstrate a you know a professional portfolio to an extent um you might be able to bring some new ideas in and so i think you there, there is an element of, of showcasing um uh, how, how you how you see that you could take their marketing i mean obviously um, yes, of course, if you're applying for a social media job and you can say, hey, look, I've managed to create this. This is the style that I did. This is where it, you know, what it used to look like. This is what I've done with it. Um, that transition, an employer is going to take that into consideration. In my opinion, they're going to look at that and think, great, that's a, you know, you can demonstrate that you can bring that to us. Um, also, if people look at the, um, you know, maybe go, go and look at the company and say, hey, look, I noticed you did this on maybe your social media, or maybe we noticed this on your website. We noticed you were at this event um, and I had this thought and maybe, you know, I noticed another company was doing it this way. Maybe that was, you know, this is a good way that you could do it. Or I've, I've had a look at ways that um, maybe I could, you know, I could bring, I could take your, you know, social media or your website from here to here. And I think, you know, that would give an edge, I'm sure. I mean, certainly I would, I would appreciate that. Mm. And what do you look for on a CV when somebody's applying for a job? I know it's kind of an unfair question in marketing because there are, like you say, there are so many different aspects to marketing and different jobs within it. But what are some things that you look at CV and go, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get this person in? Yeah, I mean, several things. I mean, maybe I'm slightly biased to the um, the company that we've got at the moment. Um, I would be looking for some level of commitment to a role for a certain period of time just because I know marketing people move around quite often. And, um, you know, if you've got a mutual commitment both ways for, you know, it doesn't have to be thousands of years, but, um, you know, a good few years in a job shows that you've had time to experience the cycles and the seasons within that job. Uh, marketing is extremely seasonal. Um, you know, you, you, you know, your typical retail periods, are, you know, you've got your Easter's and your Christmases and things like that. So for someone to experience those highs and lows um, throughout the job, um, that's quite important. Um, I would say um, if if someone's um, been able to demonstrate taking something from A to B, um, whether they can measure that and whether they can show, um, you know, the before and after of kind of um, I was given this challenge. Um, so for argument's sake, you know, um, we didn't have a particularly good uh, CRM or data product and we've been able to take it from A to B. And now it's working really well and it's doing this and it's acquired, you know, 100,000 people within this database. That's good evidence that we're looking for is someone that's able to apply their skills, not just the education, but to be able to take a project because you know, marketing is quite project led. Um, mm. So, again, project management skills is probably the third thing I would be looking for is someone that's capable of a a level of you know independence and collaboration but across a project and um you know you're not expecting everyone to work in silos but sometimes you're having to work on stuff where you're responsible to take it from start to finish but a lot of marketing requires you to talk to other teams you know if you were doing a marketing campaign you could be talking to sales about the price point talking to graphic designers about the design you could be talking to the data team about who you're going to target 
you could be talking to the supplier about how they're going to get the campaign moving. So you're looking for someone that can get along with a lot of people and to collaborate with a lot of people, but work independently to get that project from start to finish. I guess that leads really nicely into um, personality traits really for the career. You know, what's something that you see in yourselves that's helped you to progress to where you are uh, and qualities, other qualities that you think are really sort of necessary within marketing? Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of touched on some of them before. I mean, obviously, you know, from a personality perspective, marketing, um, I would say, has a, a bit of a mixture of both, to be honest. There are um, uh, maybe some more quieter, creative, detail oriented people that tend to um, find themselves in certain roles related to maybe data and maybe creative um, then you have sort of um, maybe if you're in event marketing uh, or or maybe you're in a more sales-led um, environment for for marketing, you would have more extroverted, um, more you know people that are more com- com- comfortable and confident um, presenting, or you know it might be leading a photo shoot for example, or it might be um, presenting their ideas to um, you know the business. So I think. It is pretty diverse in terms of the personality traits. It isn't like a one size fits all. And I would say strengths wise, um, I mean, I always look at the psychometric profiles. So you, you kind of looking at, um, you know, different, um, different uh, roles suit different psychometric profiles better than others. So, you know, the creative, um, more, more creative um, psychometric profiles would be people that can, um, you know, deliver to a certain level of attention to detail. Um, so attention to detail, I would say, in marketing is, is paramount, uh, especially as, you know, let's face it, marketing is, is hugely related to communications mm. and, they, and they are mass communications, you know, whether you like it or not. Social media is broadcast, um, you know, once it's on the internet, it's broadcast. Um, so, you know, the same applies to TV, the same applies to radio. Um, if your advert goes wrong, then clearly, you know, you need to be quite resilient. But that's why the attention to detail, I would say, is a is a is a, is a strong trait to see in somebody um, mm. in that sense. Um, and then, and then, I guess the other thing as well is um, is is having a level of um, fresh ideas and fresh approaches. You know, being you know being able to apply um, yourself to a creative problem or opportunity, and to just not accept that you know the first answer is the right answer. You know, you need to come up with stuff that's on the fringe, but know when you're crossing a line, because that's also where you can get quite bad publicity. So, um, so yeah, that hopefully that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the interview process in marketing can be quite interesting because some agencies have tasks you need to do, um, creative tasks or written tasks. How should you approach the interview if you're going into the marketing kind of world should you prepare something or have ideas ready um yeah it depends on the agency really i suppose and um yeah or or, or the brand i mean i would say it would give you an advantage to, to do some preparation marketing features a level of research which i haven't mentioned you know there's a huge amount of research that goes into not just numbers but but actual you know how people feel about brands um you know, whether the price point's the right price point, what competitors are doing. So I think, you know, going in armed with a level of, you know, um, almost 
you're almost sort of suggesting that you have prior experience by saying, look, I've looked at what, you know, what's happening in your industry. I've looked at the trends. I've looked at the competitors. You know, SWOT analysis is, and PESTLE and things like that, they tend to crop up quite often in, you know, typical marketing training and things. So I think, you know, if you're able to do a very basic level of preparation to say, I know who your key competitors are. I've seen some of the good things that they're doing. I see where your strengths are. I see where there's some weaknesses maybe we can work on together. I think you'd find that that would, would give you an advantage. And for you, what would be one of the biggest positives or opportunities that you've had from the industry? Oh, um, I think the biggest thing is it's been extremely mentally stimulating. I have dealt with such a variety of campaigns, clients and people, and it's never been boring. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here like 15 years working for the same company, which I think is pretty rare these days to yeah. say I'm a lifer at a company, right? Um, it's obviously done me really great from a progression perspective. But I mean, I've worked with some people, even the same people that have moved between jobs and the variety that I still get working with them is, is incredible. And, you know, I've, I've been involved in some really exciting, you know, video game launches. I've been excited, you know, I've been to all sorts of events and, and award ceremonies. It's, it's given me a huge amount of variety in my life. I've met founders of companies that have come up with products that you see in store and, and it, it really brings it to life when you build a campaign and then you go into a shop and you see it or you're online and you see your advert. So I think, yeah, from, from my perspective, it's, there's a great deal of satisfaction and it's really exciting. And, mm. and I think that's the thing that you can tell, obviously, you know, you can, anyone over a beer would say, oh, what do you do? And you say, oh, have you seen this? And, and, and they go, oh yeah, I really, yeah, I know that company. Um, so it's, it's really cool. And I think, you know, if, especially if you've got hobbies as well, because you can tend to kind of lean towards the hobbies and find brands that really tick, you know, stuff that you're interested in you get to be closer to those businesses and see the other side of them mm. and on the flip side of that what's something that's kind of less favorable about the industry oh blimey um i think it's getting used to change and adapting you know it's you can't stand still it's a very very fast move fast moving industry mm. and you have to be extremely agile i mean if you think of the events over the last um, you know, during COVID, you know, the entire industry flipped upside down and every single, I know that I appreciate that obviously happened in many other industries as well, but within marketing, you have to move fast and people just didn't know how to communicate with people because is it, you know, is it insensitive? Do we all use the same line of, you know, in these troubling times and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of, you know, it's just interesting, you know, I think it's extremely difficult um, to, um, to relax in marketing you know it's, it's it's such a fast moving industry um it, it you know it, it can be quite long hours sometimes you know and it can be other times where you've got the glory of kind of you know having some some great times with customers at a launch party for example so I think <laughs> there is there is that side of it but yeah. also you know there are the days where you've spent three months working on christmas before anyone's speaking about Christmas. And so when Christmas comes, Christmas is ruined. <laughs> um, you know, the last thing you want to see is Christmas. So I think there is a few things like that. And you do tend to see advertising slightly differently. You know, you, you, you kind of, when you see someone trying to sell a product to you, um, you overanalyze it a little bit too much and you kind of mm. think, oh, I know what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for you, you know, you've mentioned professional development is an ongoing thing. How, yeah. how do you approach that? I mean, 
I'm I'm a little bit of a uh, you know I kind of find marketing really interesting basically on the side and I read a lot of marketing books um, and that's just that interests me but do you keep up with the trends and what's going on through reading books or or watching videos how are you keeping up with the changes yeah so I think through my career I've had um, so I, I basically was supported by my company and I think that's a big thing for marketeers to do is to go and ask for development right and um, I think that's a really important way to get progression if you want pay rises if you want more responsibility then I would ask what you need to learn and or pick the specialism that you're working on and double down on you know getting some depth uh, there so I, I went and did a um a working degree at the same time I did leadership and management which covered some marketing in there as well and so that kind of built on my marketing experience, but also gave me the leadership and management experience that I needed to then turn around, you know, three years later and say, okay, so I've got my marketing experience. Now I've got the leadership and management experience. I want to be able to influence at a higher level within marketing. Um, so I did that. Um, it was part sponsored by the government and part sponsored by uh, our industry body and uh, my company as well. So. Obviously, that was that was greatly appreciated by me, no student debt, and I was able to get a degree. However, I was having to finish a day's work and write about work and spend my evening <laughs> about work. So, you know, it, it wasn't for everybody, but it was a way to get um, higher education. Um, I would say how I currently do it is a mixture. I have a lot of interest in audio podcasts, audio books. Um, I tend to try and get through kind of one every so many months. I don't put a huge amount of pressure on myself and I don't suggest getting up at, you know, they say high performers get up at five o'clock in the morning and do eight laps of the block and read seven <laughs> books. But I would say, you know, I've managed to do the same thing. But, you know, I learn, I learn on the job through, yeah, variety of um, industry events. That's usually pretty good. But I listen to them. I always ask for the recording because I'm usually, I can schedule it around my day. Yeah. Um, I like I like audio podcasts. Um, I would say also um, mentorship as well, and and you know asking questions of people that you respect and asking if you can get half an hour of their time. That's quite good. And um, you know over that coffee, you can kind of say, well, what's working for you and what's your challenges and things like that. So that that's helped as well. Um, but yeah, I would thoroughly recommend um, market if you're in marketing looking to get uh, you know qualifications within a marketing environment and there are a huge amount out there especially there's a huge amount of subsidies and grants at the moment and and they, they don't cost as much as you think um mm. to, to get that and so at this point we usually talk about salary expectations and we had a little chat kind of off air about you know it's kind of so hard to to nail down a salary really an average salary in marketing because there's so many different aspects to it yeah but if we go for a general across the board average kind of starting salary within marketing and again this will vary if you're in the city or in a town but average around 18,000 to 22,000 is a kind of starting salary in marketing do you agree with that yeah I, I would agree with that I mean I I had in my head before you said that probably yeah 18 to 23 and that is um, obviously depending on experience depending on the brands depending on the geography as well um, and uh, obviously what you can bring to the table if a business has a certain need then they would i'm sure pay a little more for the right talent coming in and equally they, i think businesses would tend to pay a bit more if they can get the right person that's going to stay and i think that's quite important 
Um, you know, if, it, if it's a, a temporary requirement, and I say temporary meaning um, you're trialing something new, then of course they're going to lower, they're going to lower the risk, right? So, um, you know, if it's fair to say at this stage, I'm dead against free internships. I mean, obviously work experience is a totally different thing, but I have yeah. seen some people that encourage, um, you know, come and do all our social media uh, and you can put us on your CV. And I just feel like, you know, off the back of that, I'm sure there's many sales and it's just a bit unfair, um, in my opinion, as a bad practice. But um, so I would I would recommend avoiding that. And if you can get paid experience uh, or government subsidies for people to take you on as an apprentice, that's probably the route to go for for that kind of 18 mark um, upwards. Sure. Um, so at this point, we talk about something that's not usually in the job description, but you have to deal with on a daily basis. What would that be for you? Oh, um, that's, uh, that's a good question. I think um, probably presenting and, and it's very, very difficult because you're expected to do it and no one really ever tells you how to do it or, <laughs> or, or gives you any really, you know, decent practice of it or um, it's, and it's, it's a very niche and expensive coaching uh, and training um uh, thing that you have to do you know if, if you want to be really good at owning a room you've got to really you know find the right person that fits your kind of style because you don't have to be an extrovert to present you know it's mm. required of everybody you know whether it's presenting your own piece of work you know I've got software developers that have to present me their their code that they've worked on um, to to explain how it works right and and so you know they're not maybe the the, the right person to be presenting on you know in front of 500 people um on stage but certainly you know you're going to require it in your job and i think within marketing um you have to be confident presenting your own ideas and so i would say a skill that is widely forgotten but helps you progress in your career is presenting and that could be presenting your own ideas presenting to a management team or presenting as part of a management team um, or even showcasing what you've managed to achieve to um, agencies partners clients at an event and mm. That's how you get recognized. That's what drives new business and also drives your career forward as well. So I would say that's an underutilized uh, skill. And to wrap up, would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now? A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pilot. Um, I was, I think, probably too blind uh, partially, <laughs> um, with my eyesight. And um, I would say that, you know, with the grades that I got and the, the mixture of uh, topics that I picked, marketing's worked out perfectly because actually I think I needed a creative role. So 100%, I would absolutely recommend it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been uh, really cool to hear about your kind of uh, story from apprentice up to MD. And uh, I think it's very inspiring. That's great. Thanks, Daniel. Really appreciate it. And uh, where can anyone find you or on LinkedIn or social media and the company you work for? Yeah, sure. So I'm on LinkedIn and I'm Richard Boone at Webmart. And I'm also on Instagram as Webmart Richard. <laughs> and um, you can find us at www.webmartuk.com. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on, Richard. That's great. Cheers, Daniel. Bye.